tuning into the show. This one is with Tim Morris. He is running for Eugene City Council. We speak about politics and his personal life. And outside of that, thanks for everyone who recently reviewed the show on Apple Podcast. It's up to, I think, like 20 some odd now. And that's crazy appreciated. So if you're listening on Apple Podcast and you haven't reviewed it, go spend a minute and give it. It would be incredibly appreciated. So reviews and also all my Patreon people, you're the best. Incredibly appreciated. And if you haven't, you got a dollar, go become a Patreon. It'd be incredibly appreciated. And for people new to the show, subscribe. All right, here's the show. All right, we're rocking and rolling. How goes it? It's going well. How are you? Doing really well. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Tim Morris, and I'm a candidate for Eugene City Council in Ward 1. Nice. What else you got going on in life? Yeah. <laughs> that was a short. I thought I thought you were going to be like all this everywhere. But I mean, I can keep going if keep you like. Keep going. Keep going. How do you How do you describe yourself? Yeah, I'm a housing advocate and an environmental activist, and oh, nice. um, my day job is in alcohol and drug addiction. And so, those are um, some pretty hefty perspectives that we're missing on our city council. And so, have I'm you ever been addicted to a drug or substance? Um, I have, and uh, was it I, a fun one or a hard one? Both. And uh, so I've been clean ever since I, uh, you know, when I when I came here to Eugene, and I've been um, nice. clean ever since. And so that's the way to do it. You got to move because if all your friends keep doing the same substance, mm-hmm. you're just going to keep going doing it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And when my first week here, you know, when you're really tempted to to pick it back up again, it's mm-hmm. you have no one to call. So there you go. So yeah. it's real easy to to get off of it. But yeah. um, just yeah, for no. me, pers- all, all my listeners know, but I take an opiate every day for like three years now. I take Kratom, Kratom. You've oh, yeah. probably seen signs for it everywhere. The, yeah, Kratom. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I should probably stop. And then recently, I've been getting into Phenibet, which you're only supposed to take once a week. It's kind of like a Xanax mm-hmm. or alcohol. I call it alcohol 2.0. It's like you're drunk for like four hours. Yeah. Um, have you tried it? Or you know, I have it? not, but You've you know, in my it. field, you yeah. definitely need to know. So it's, a lot GABA. Of it. it's GABA. It's um, GABA. And but I take it every day for like a month because I was like, oh, you get the best sleep of your life, mm-hmm. and then you're just so fun and talkative. And then I stopped taking it when I went to Kauai, Hawaii. Um, I had no withdrawals. So I'm like, cool. That's mm. really easy to abuse. Whereas Kratom has horrible withdrawals. I don't know. Yeah. You obviously deal with people with opiate withdrawals. Mm-hmm. You just feel it's like I'm sick. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I joke around with um, with the other people who obviously like my friends and close people take Kratom, there's never a good time to quit opiates. Yeah. No, never. <laughs> never. Like, I, th- I think the best time to quit is when you are like, not, you know, withdrawing, but just sick, you know, yeah. you're sick and you just don't want to get out of bed and you're yeah. like, uh, just you know, double down on Yeah, it. exactly. And then, yeah. so by then you're, you're kind of two days in and you're like, yeah, yeah. keep going. Smart. Is this something you'd be open to talk about? Like what, what substance you took or is it like that one actually? Yeah. It's a, it's kind of a private, Ooh, yeah, okay. cool. it's something I keep a little close yeah. to the well, best. But. Well, it's cool that you're, you're now working in that field. Cause like I was going to go be a physical therapist, mm-hmm. but because I had chronic pain. And then once I kind of got better with chronic pain, I'm like, okay, I like those people can help themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like it. So you, so you think, um, did you listen to, or did we connect through Todd Boyle then I assume if you're a housing person? Yeah, I believe so. Maybe yeah. like sock mutual friend or something. Cool. Yeah. Todd's, um, been a, Todd's been a huge housing advocate and yeah, he's been involved forever. That's so. what made me think of like him and Robert Patterson and, uh, Thomas here mm-hmm. are the three biggest housing advocates. So what would you do as a city councilor? For housing, yeah. Um, I mean, we're seeing year after year that the homeless population keeps increasing, and yeah. we're seeing um, Eugene specifically not building enough housing to um, house the new incoming folks, let alone the people that are already here. Yeah. We're not going up or out. We're not going up or out. And so, a our city council um, really needs to pick a lane mm-hmm. on what they want to do. And then, b is that I personally believe that we should uh, really focus on um, community, compact communities, and um, walkable neighborhoods and really building in Eugene rather than looking outwards. And so mm. we, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really rough to, to talk to our city councilors about that and, you know, really push for more affordable and accessible housing. But, um, that's why I'm running is cause I am very loud and people have trouble ignoring me. So, wow. <laughs> no, I like it. I mean, that's, 
That's a big topic because everyone, it's another one of those politicized things where everyone kind of has their opinion made before you even engage in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your, what's your kind of, what's, what's your stance you'd want to put forward is like, Hey, maybe people haven't thought of this or like, here's a ration or a good rationale to convince people because yeah. it's a big problem. It, it everyone is. can agree. Homelessness is a problem. We disagree on the solution. Right. Exactly. And I think everyone sort of agrees with the same idea of we want to get folks off the streets and, yes. and really where that lands is, you know, exactly what way do we want to do that? And that's where it starts getting a little, little partisan there. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I think for, for me, I think the, one of the ways to address homelessness is, um, building more shelters and building affordable and accessible and available housing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, have a, uh, for folks that are in apartments, their rent burden, and there's about a uh, 50% of us or so that, uh, pay over 35% of our income just to rent, that's let alone brutal. nothing else. Sometimes up to 50. And some, uh, and that's about over 25-ish percent or so is up to 50%. So a quarter, a quarter of people give half their income to rent. Exactly. It's crazy. And I mean, it's, that's just Eugene. And that's just Eugene. And then I have a friend who has a doctorate mm-hmm. and they spend 30% of their income toward their over $100,000 right. debt. So yeah. that's 80% of your income just on housing and food or housing and debt. Right. Not even your food. Not food, not car, not yeah. anything. Healthcare. It's crazy. Yeah. It's starting to become, and they have a doctorate. Right. What the fuck more do you want in this world? Right, exactly. That's yeah. That, that should be the type of person so that can how, be sustainable. Would you subsidize it or how would there be, how can we make uh, housing more affordable? Yeah. So um, one of the big issues that is, you know, and city council stuff, it starts getting a little bit boring. Um, mm. You know, we talk about zoning and land use, Ugh, but boring. <laughs> keep it spiced up. You're, you're loud. Keep it spiced. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when you start looking at it in the lens of like, this is housing. This is, you know, when you go on apartments.com and start looking and you only see three options, this is why, you know, or, or when your friend tells you, hey, my landlord evicted me because of some really crappy reason. And mm they have nowhere else to go. It's that's why, cause you know, we have trouble with our land use and zoning laws. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so one of the big things that we're, we're talking about as a city right now is accessory dwelling units and, um, what that sort of looks like. And, and really that's your mother-in-laws and, and granny flats in the backyard. And, mm-hmm. um, one of the big issues is that our current city council is really, really keen on putting in as many restrictions as possible. Mm-hmm. And last year, I think we only built about three in the whole city. And so, you know, no one wants to do it. And it's one of the cheapest ways to build more housing. So um, lifting a lot of those restrictions would be able to have people build more granny flats in the backyard. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, I've heard. Here's the thing about like limiting landlords, um, whatever power ownership or whatever you want to call it is like you should be able to evict people for some reasons. Like it'd be shitty to own a place and oh, yeah. you know the person's kind of trashing it, but they just don't technically tick any of the boxes for you to evict them. And then you know they're like pouring grease down the sink every day and like just doing all the things that are going to ruin your home. So there needs to be, like we, we need to respect the land landlords, like people who did own the house for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you shouldn't be able to get kicked out of your house just because they want to raise the rent or just because they want to rent it to a friend or something. Right. That's that's the most fucked up shit ever. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. And... and um, you know, I used to work in property management, so I was on the other side of this. Oh, you know? wow, yeah. So, you know, yeah. we would talk to our tenants to stop pouring stuff down the drain, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And you you need to, you, you shouldn't have to be like, oh, I can't evict people anymore. Right, That's exactly. That's horrible. And, and the way that my property management company really handled things was we would really only file evictions for really egregious stuff. So mm. they, you know, had three animals that were just clawing the crap out of curtains and mm-hmm. walls and things like that. They had guests in there that were there for six months and they didn't tell us, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we really, we, we had folks that would pay rent that was late and they'd call us and say, Hey, we, we had a rough month and our property management company was like, okay, get, we'll get you next month, you know? And so that's really it, nice. it was, it was really a really positive way to handle things. And it's unfortunate that not every property management company here, here does that. And, yeah. um, one of the nonprofits that I founded is the Springfield. You founded the nonprofit? I did. Straight it's, up 503, yep. C4, C1? C, I think we're a C3. I'm forgetting now at this point. Oh, whatever there's, it is. There's yeah, it is C3. It is C3. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the Springfield Eugene Tenant Association. And so, mm. you know, we represent renters. Uh, and we have a service-based hotline. So if you are a renter and you have an issue with your home, you can call us or ask us questions, that nice. kind of stuff. And we hear from... What would people look up if people are interested? You kind of glossed over it a little quick. What's oh, it yeah. The Springfield Eugene Tenant Association. Cool. And yep. if I just Google that, it'll come up? Yep. Beautiful. Um, and especially, too, here in the Eugene area, we're, we're, I think we're number one on Google. So there you go. Swag. Nice. Um, 
How old are you? I mean, not very many people. You look mid twenties, early mid twenties. Yep. I'm I mean, twenty eight. Nice. So, um, yeah, later twenties. Um, you've done a lot then. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what what are some other things you've got put together? I mean, that in itself is a lot to get. I mean, how much did that paperwork cost? Or did you do it yourself, uh, it which about, is even harder? It was honestly about 200 bucks. It was, what? It oh, was, you did it all yourself? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's one form. You send it in. It's actually pretty easy. Whoa. Yeah. Everyone else who's trying to make a nonprofit, they make it seem very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> a lot of people do that. Like, some people just aren't proactive and just like, all right, I'm going to figure it out till the end. Yeah. Was yours easier for some reason? Or, like, could anyone start a nonprofit that easily? It really depends on what kind of nonprofit, too. So, oh. we... we you know, went in and said, we're not going to be making over 50,000 a year. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be, you know, hiring people right at this moment. We're not going to, you know, we, we had a lot of boxes that we didn't check. Yeah. And so it was easy for can us. Can you recheck those later and do the paperwork later? Like, oh, yeah. Can, oh, so you can get started. Oh, oh, I have some really interesting news to tell some people yeah. that make them very happy. But it really depends, too, on what someone wants to do. And, you know, you don't necessarily need to have an official nonprofit status to do work. You know, mm-hmm. we, we started... Um, we tar- we were called SATA. That's our, our acronym. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started that way before we filed our, our 501c3 status, way, way before. Um, and we were able to start helping people way before then, too. And so, so how do you help people? You just give them advice or something? Or you like, do you have lawyers on retainer that helps them with their landlords or what? We, we, uh, so we don't give legal advice because that's, mm. that's illegal. That, uh-huh. People don't like that. Um, and uh, so... No, what we do is we connect them with resources. So, you know, we had a, a phone call come in of someone who had domestic violence issues, and we connected her with um, Women's Space. And Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, we... we cool. um That's we, nice. We work pretty uh, close in hand with um, Lane County Legal Aid. And so mm. um, if there's something that kind of sounds like it would be up their alley, we send them to, to Lane County Legal Aid and nice. um, try to connect them with some kind of legal service. That's cool. So your time split between helping people overcome um, alcohol and drug... We should just call it drug. Alcohol is a drug. Yeah, drug substance ad- abuse. Yeah, yeah, substance abuse. Um, people who are getting out of like domestic relationships and stuff, and housing chaos, turmoil. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna fi- you're gonna have time for city council. Are you gonna put one of those on the back burner? Or how are you gonna make that work? I'm gonna try to do it all. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I you know it's it's something that I've been doing for a while. Is you book up my schedule and go ahead. And so it almost feels better to have a full schedule. Yeah. But it's hard to get a full schedule sometimes. There are the days when I want to sit at home and like eat Cheetos and watch TV. What do you watch on TV? And now nothing. <laughs> I oh, don't have time on. for anything. I've I just d- rewatched Parks and Rec twice. Yeah, Parks and Rec is oh, good. That was bad. I, I think it's those normal shows that really everyone watches. Like I'm not interesting in that. Like it's it's The Office, Parks and Rec. Nice and nice. <laughs> Love you immensely more now. <laughs> oh, anyone who's like, eh, I don't really watch The Office. I'm like, well, you're not really living. No, it's okay. really boring. You know, I th- if you have it on in the background. Cringe. Some people say it's cringe. It's cringe. And I'm like, that's the good part of it. That's what's yeah. funny. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And then you get to relate. And you're like, oh, I don't work there, but I do, (gasps) you know, and it's great. No, I'm with you. The interesting thing is like, I don't, wait, what do you mean you relate? I don't relate. I I don't, I don't get, (laughs) do you get, wait, do you get awkward and cringe in front of people? I think that's one of my, my only really good attributes is I'm like, I'll never get awkward in front of people. If I was pantsed, I'd be like, I don't care. You know, (laughs) like, I, like, I I don't know. And I don't know what, maybe it's obviously that I'm on Fenibet. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That's going to do it. (laughs) That helps. (laughs) No, um, the funniest thing, I was getting a sushi burrito the other day. Um, yesterday and it was it was really cold I was the only person wearing a t-shirt mm-hmm. everyone else there's like multiple other people there wearing like hoodies they're like how are you how are you not freezing I'm like uppers <laughs> and then I mean that'll, that'll get you going right? yeah one of the people there she's like my husband's a nurse and you should really watch out with uppers like Adderall and things um 34 year old just died of an overdose I'm like well I'm not gonna overdose I'm just doing enough to keep me warm in the winter yeah <laughs> um, but the most interesting thing that happened there I'm gonna say it on the show because it doesn't make any sense to me there was this um I mean she was pregnant she was like a big lady and she was like oh I'm going back to Israel I'm like that's really cool um are you Jewish she's like yes yeah. so I'm like that would make you a Zionist right and she's like no but good guess I'm actually a um messianic Jew hmm. and I'm like what does that mean and she says I'm Jewish but I still believe Jesus was the son of God. I'm like, isn't that a Christian? Hmm. So I have a lot of questions now. I'm pretty sure Messianic Jews and Christians, I want to know the difference because they seem very similar to me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, are you religious? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that not- was a roundabout. I didn't know where I was going until I got to the end. <laughs> yeah, that was a really, a really interesting way to get to that question. <laughs> Probably the most interesting. Um, not, not so much. And, you know, I, 
I have my my own fun beliefs, and then Ooh, yeah. But you I know. like it. You developed your own kind of things because I think that's important. Not so much. I uh, I was uh, with a Baptist church, and I was working towards becoming a youth minister, actually, um, which was fun as a young gay man. As a you know, you're gay. Kid, yeah, surprise. You? I have a I'm rainbow kidding. on my arm and everything. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm Podcast folks can't see the rainbow, but you can. Yeah, I like it's, it. it's very much there. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like being gay in Eugene? It seems like the center place of America. I used to guess San Francisco or somewhere. It seems it's, like a pretty good place to be. It is and it isn't. So Ooh. when you're looking at like you know employment or healthcare or things like that, it's it's pretty okay. It's way better than some other places. Mm-hmm. Um, like we we just put in um, for the city of Eugene, like no, you cannot be fired for sexual orientation or Dope. gender. Like Absolutely. it's it's great. Hundred percent. That's um, cool. When you start looking at it, but that didn't used to be a law. I could fire you. Oh, you're gay. Fired. Or you're a woman. Fired. uh, That could not be a reason. Gender is, but it's like gender. I'm forgetting. Oh, trans person. Um, I can fire a trans person. Like gender expression. Like, you know, so someone who's non-binary, someone who, you know, identifies in a different, you know, way. You could fire them for it? Not anymore. Okay. That's good. Thank you, City of Eugene. Yeah. That's not okay. Springfield, I don't think has that. Firing someone for it? That's brutal. It's funny because a lot of companies like Spotify, they're like, they're like showing it on their arm. They had a whole commercial about how many trans people they hire. I'm like, cool that's really cool yeah i guess i'm like yeah like i'm like that's cool is that like that's i'm I'm, do most companies not hire like that's interesting that they have an entire like like no we're gonna try and hunt down and hire as many trans people as we can right that's interesting yeah it's it's you know affirmative action in a very good way Ooh, see affirmative action is one of those trigger words because i'm Mm -hmm. i'm not right wing but i think left and right wing both have really good and really bad qualities Mm -hmm. and i've got to kind of agree that affirmative action is kind of racist and sexist to a certain extent Mm-hmm. Um, and I could obviously be wrong, like, but, but it's that whole breaks down to like a quality of opportunity. Like everyone should have the exact same possibilities to do things, mm-hmm. but a quality of outcome is maybe not the best thing. Like it, do you think it's ra- It's what do they call it? It's racist to say the most, uh, the best person should be hired or the most, uh, credible person. What's that thing? The, um, when you have really good credentials. The yeah, most qualified, most qualified, qualified yeah. the most qualified person <clears throat> should get the job. I'm pretty sure that's considered racist to say now. Hmm. What's your take on all that? I'm, you, you know, if you are looking at a piece of paper and you see someone's credentials, it's one thing. But mm-hmm. when you're talking to someone or you're, you know, working with them or seeing their perspective, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, qualifications also are off your resume. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're talking to someone and they start telling you about what their life is or what their life could be or, you know, why they're there. Um, I think it's really it's it's really important. You know, I, I work in, in substance abuse and, you know, I had a history of that myself. It's a field that I'm fascinated in and I'm going to be in for for quite a while because mm-hmm. of my history. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you read my resume and not look at anything else, it's oh OK. You know, it's not there. So. Yeah. But then wouldn't it be weird if they're like, if there's you and someone more qualified and they're like, but we're going to hire you because you're gay. We want a gay on our team. Like, don't you think that'd be like, well, that's kind of, that's affirmative there's, reaction, there's, isn't it? Uh, affirmative action. No. Or it'd be um, like, if you were black, you'd be like, oh, we're going to hire you because you're black. We need a black on our team. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird balance. Um, and it really depends on the management on why they're hiring. Okay. I, I think, you know, if they're, if they are checking a box on a person of color, mm-hmm. Bad, not okay. Oh, you know, that's not it, always it. Yeah, it's so oh, it's it, but it's it's also when you're looking at affirmative action, it should be what does your company look like? If it's all white people, mm-hmm. then what are you doing wrong? Yeah. Because no people of color are coming. So mm-hmm. are you breeding like a a kind of area where people of color are not welcome, or they're uncomfortable there, or they don't want to be there, or they you know. Is it a management issue or is it a social issue or, you know, um, you know, we see that here in Eugene, that there's some companies here that are all people, all all white people, completely white Mm -hmm. people. And you really have there's to a lot of white people here in Eugene. To be fair, there there's is a lot. There's a large Hispanic community here, though. There is, there, and the Hispanic community is growing faster than any other. But the black community, I think it's only like two percent in the in Oregon, even though it's thirteen percent nationwide. Mm-hmm. I, I think I could be I'm, wrong. I'm forgetting the actual number, and so. But we have so. a lot of Asian people because of all the uh, students coming. Mm-hmm. That's what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, I think. Um, the way I heard it best described where it's like it loses all uh, trigger. I keep saying this word on shows recently. I hate it. Um, but uh, instead of being, <laughs> but instead of being like, oh, I want to promote diversity. Um, I want to better reflect reality. Like, like you can't be like, oh, well, I have a job with 100 people. Two of them have to be black. Like mm-hmm. I, I would hire an unqualified person over a qualified person just if they take that box to make it a quality of outcome. But I do think like you should kind of roughly aim towards like if there's two people and they have the exact same resume, hire the one that would be more representative of 
the the community that you're in. Right. I do agree with that. You know. Yeah. Exactly. I know. And and I think that that's that's really important too. And and people from different backgrounds or people from you know even different skin colors have wildly different experiences than you know other people. And so. Um, bringing that to the table could ultimately really benefit a lot of people and yeah. a lot of companies. And it could. Yeah. People take it too far. A podcaster, someone who I've out, I've out on my podcast a handful of times. Um, I really like them, but they, and they started up their own show and they're like, oh, they were really hesitant about having me on because they already had multiple white men on the show. And mm-hmm. I'm like, to me, that seems racist and sexist. And I've called people out. I had a pretty radical person. Now seeing what he says, he's very, or they are very radical. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, what could be done about um, slavery and all that stuff? Here's the start. Don't vote for a white man for the next 200 years. Hmm. And I'm like, that just seems like going too far. It seems like racism and sexism the opposite way. Hmm. I don't know. It's rough. Are you, are you that far of a wokester? Or are you just kind of like, you're pretty centrist? Or what are you? I'm, I'm pretty left-leaning. I'm pretty liberal. And I think, cool. I, I'm not sure if I would completely go behind, you know, don't vote for white men. But I think... Because really, you're a white man. Eh, no, not so much <laughs> that. But because, you know... You know, you look at national politics like Bernie Sanders is mm-hmm. great and, you know, can really bring on a lot of people around town. I'm and Bernie. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that's that's great. But people of color also had representation. I think uh, Cory this, Booker? Is, this is a perfect example. Um, looking at the stage now, how many people of color are up there? Andrew. Andrew Yang just dropped out today. Andrew Yang just dropped out today. So now it's Tulsi Gabbard. And I think that's it and she's you know. hawaiian she's still american at that point i'm well you know the you coolest know. thing about her she's hindu mm-hmm. that's freaking awesome but if anything know. i think that's cool we need a differentiation of religion mm. in charge of power but he's I mean, jewish yeah <laughs> a very good point we haven't had any because, um it was the funniest thing i was watching the state of the union address where trump was up there right above it is just says in god we trust i'm mm-hmm. like where's the separation there? yeah right no you that's know? gone that's been gone for a yeah. while i'm yeah. like that is the funniest thing um i i, I think difference in religion should almost be pushed just as much as anything else. Mm -hmm. But I don't think if Bernie's running and then someone like Kamala Harris, if you vote for Kamala Harris over Bernie, just because she's a woman of color instead of a white man, even though she put people in jail purposefully and like she's clearly wouldn't have been as good of a president. I would consider that racist and sexist. Mm. Would would your argument be that it's not? My argument would be that it's not because we have not had a woman of color that's our president. And I mean, look at where our country is now because of all the white men. So could we do, you know, we could do but, a lot of different things with a woman of color yes. um, as a president. And, you but know, p- have but it- picking someone based on their race and sex seems racist and sexist to me. But I guess that has to do with a system, doesn't right. it? Right, exactly. It's a, it's, I mean, huge societal systemic issue where, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, you, uh, what am I trying to say here? You know, you, yeah, I, it's, it's a really, it's a really big issue that, that is facing statewide and nas- or nationwide. And, you know, we saw it in Charlottesville where all the white people grabbed their pitchforks and torches and, you know, started marching down the street. And when you looked in that crowd, you didn't see any women, you didn't see any people of color, you didn't see anyone who represented anything other than white men. And so, White people and men particularly have been in positions of power for a very long time. And um, and we want to keep it that way, gosh darn it. I'm totally, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing the heel, I'm playing the heel. Like, my gosh. No, to some extent, it's like, I like having like a super centrist view because the more, like, I really enjoy talking with people of different opinions. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I can already tell, like, we, we don't see eye to eye. Even though, are you voting for, are you not voting for Bernie because he's a white male? I am keeping my presidential vote Okay, smart, 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 yeah. smart, smart. But the point is, I'm like, I'm still voting left wing, but I'm like, just the fact that I'm like, I do see a lot of points of like, like, I do think like that it would be sexist and racist. And I'm like, I think you could make an argument either way. All these difficult questions, Mm -hmm. you can make arguments both ways. You know, Um, my biggest one that I've had a big conundrum in my head about is I'm against bombing people in the Middle East because it's like, well, 95% of them are civilians. They're women and children and innocent men. Mm-hmm. But then ever like you, this is actually perfect. Your Facebook profile picture says no war in Iran. Mm-hmm. If we don't intervene, the radical people kill the non-radicals. 10,000 people a year die from radical Muslim. And they just aren't people here in America. There are other Muslim people who aren't radical or of a slightly different sect. At some point, we we should help those people. We have the capability to help them. But I'm also against droning because so it's like, but I wouldn't want to go over there. So it's such a conundrum. That's like, I think the biggest problem for me is like, what do we do mm-hmm. to help people? I mean, that's that's the question is what do we do? It's yeah. just, you know, what, 
what do we do? Because saying no war is like saying, no, fuck the non-radical Muslims. They deserve to die to the radical Muslims. Now, I'm not saying that's how you think, but I'm saying, <laughs> like, no, idealistically, yes, we should have no war, but some problems won't just go away because the non-radical Muslims aren't going to be like, we should kill all the jihadists. Well, and one of the, so one of the issues and counter-arguments that I have, too, is that, you know, when, when we do start talking about war or going against someone or, or really start radicalizing and... and uh, you know, partisanship starts getting up. Um, we see acts of violence against other communities as well. So here, and that's horrible. And that's we, horrible, I mean, we horrible, see horrible. acts of violence against the Muslim community still to this day. Um, you know, once when the uh, when uh, Trump bombed, um, I'm sorry, when, when Soleimani, when he, yeah, Soleimani, um, when he when he did that, and there were a lot of acts of violence across the country against Muslim people, and which is wild because it's against Iran, you know. And so it, it, there's a huge radicalization every time that war is talked about or, you know, there's a threat that's happening, whether real or perceived. And, and that's horrible. And, and so it, it really, I hear, I hear a lot of that, but I'm, yeah. I'm still a little wary of that. So you think we just shouldn't, we should be, you, I mean, come, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who I love, I would vote for Tulsi Gabbard. Mm-hmm. She's not an interventionist, and I'll still vote for her. I would still vote for her. Who knows if she'll get the sh- ticket? She doesn't have 10 million followers like Bernie does on Twitter, yeah. which is probably going to win an election. She's kind of falling behind. Yeah. yeah, which is a bummer. She was cool, and she's going on. She's young enough that I'm, I'm hoping to vote for her when she's 40 mm-hmm. or whatever age her she is when that thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a really tough thing. I go as far to say I don't hate and I'm not against even jihadists, even the people who put people in cages and light them on fire, they're just following the doctrine. My whole thing is I'm like, we should just, ref- we should really strongly encourage all the moderate people, however moderate, like however moderate they are is how moderate they follow the book to band together and be like, we need to change this mm-hmm. or things are just going to keep going bad. Like we, you know, but I'm not against any of the people, the radical people, they're just following with, that's when, that's, that's what you, what I really come to the conclusion of, of why I don't hate Trump, why I don't hate jihadists, why I don't hate anyone. They're doing what they think is right from what they've been fed. If for 18 years you think it is good, you should be spreading Islam and killing people. He's doing good in his, in their head. They're doing good. I, I don't hate anyone for in their head doing good. They're not like, oh, I'm a bad guy. Like they're not seeing like a skull on their on their hat and being like, are we the baddies from right. whatever movie that was? Oh yeah. Huh. <laughs> so I don't know. These big questions, they're the toughest thing. So I like talking with people with different points of view because I do want to hear it out. Would do you have a solution for what we? I mean, this is the biggest. <laughs> if you if you don't want to get on this, because yeah. it's too uh, so uh, you know, as a as a 28 year old uh, gay man who is running for Eugene City Council, my solution to ending war in the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you know, and and it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I I don't have a solution other than what's you know, I would be echoing you know. Rachel Maddow and I'd be echoing other people I that I hadn't heard their points though so it would be worthwhile to echo it to me you may have heard all the points that I'd echoed I think a lot of those points haven't been said by too many people though. right I, I mean ultimately it comes down to where do we want to be as a country who do we want to be perceived as and mm. um, really why 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 are we doing this what's the intention you know if, if truly the intention is to prevent some type of violence against America or other countries, or other then, Muslims. you know, yeah. uh, other people, then, then that's the intention. But what is the, also, what is the yeah. outcome? The money and the oil dirties my entire argument up, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> you know, it blatantly, blatantly does. It's like, oh, that'd be cool if we really cared. We don't care about those poor, innocent Muslim children and women. We're just pretending to care about them to get oil and money. And again, allegedly. too, what, allegedly, what's, what's the outcome? And that's, that I think is yeah. a, a really big issue that, um, a lot of folks struggle with is we can see the short term and we can see something here, but we've been, uh, we've been at war with Afghanistan for 18 years, 19 years. Crazy. There's people, there's children right now that are going to go serve with their parents Oh my god! because that's how long we've been there, you know? So it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot there's of a lot really negative on. things. What, what, what are some non-hot topics? Like some, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get away from that because I, I just keep bringing these things up and every time I bring it up with a guest, like I hear them out and I make like an inch of headway. Like my argument used to be like, oh my gosh, radical Muslims are bad. Like we need to do something radical. And now I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I have no animosity toward any of them. 
I just think something needs to happen. And I just think it's so easy to be like, oh, we should not have war, man. And I agree. I agree. I would want nothing more than to live in a world where there's no war. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about The Office. So yeah. there was a there's a quote that Michael Scott says, and he says, hug it out, bitch. You know, <laughs> that that's what we got to do. Oh you know, got to hug it out. You know, it's, that's hilarious. It's where we're at. <laughs> that's where we should go with it. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> the reason I've been rewatching Parks and Rec a couple times is to give some office some air to breathe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to go two years without watching it. And I'm just going to binge it again. Oh, it feels so good to that's binge a, it. That's a lofty goal. Oh, my gosh. Oh my Oh my gosh, that's gonna that's take hilarious. <laughs> no, do you, so do you, are, are you into like podcasts, audiobooks? Like, like who are you as a person? What <laughs> makes you tick, you know? Um, yeah, no, I listen to, to podcasts and, and really I don't have, I, I've had a book on my shelf for about a year now that I can't read. I respect Just, the hell out of you for being honest. <laughs> Most people are like, I read, I meditate, and they don't. Yeah. I, I'm honest with them. I don't. <laughs> I meditate in the sense of like, you know, you're driving in the car and you start like having those arguments in your head of like, this is what I'd say better. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's my meditation. That's sick. That's how I get through things. Yeah. Um, but no, um, yeah, podcasts. I I listen to, honestly, I listen to a lot of non-political stuff. So, nice. Um, get out uh, of yourself a little the, bit. Uh, I listen to The Adventure Zone. I listen to My Brother, My Brother and Me, which super nerdy Dungeons and Dragons. And, Fucking nerd. Yeah, I'm it's kidding. great. No, yeah. it's, I'm, a, I'm actually really a huge nerd. I've built my own computer. I play World of Warcraft. It's Oh, I got into World of Warcraft <laughs> for like six months. My brother got into it for years. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I was obviously really young. I was like 15, 14. And my dad did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, no, no World of Warcraft for a month. And it was like, no. <laughs> but then I, after I had a month away from like, I took it was like it was like withdrawing from opiates seriously mm-hmm. addictions to my phone and video <laughs> games are just as real as it physical really addictions because yeah, I'm sitting for long enough that it's just as bad for my health right and I mean you know working in my field I get to see a lot of the studies that are coming out too and it's actually yeah. really similar like how your brain works when you don't have your phone compared to like when you're coming off of drugs mm-hmm. you know it's it's can I make it's a kind of, I guess? Are you a blood elf mage or druid or something? <laughs> no. Uh, and I mean, you're talking to like, you know, way back when, you know, when you were young, oh, like 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they probably have tons of new stuff now. Oh, no. I was playing yesterday. So like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm still playing. No, I... Uh, no, yeah, no. That's what I mean. Like, what are you? But I, I guess they have new classes and races and stuff. They I, have pandas at some point. There's a panda. I'm not sure. Um, I, I, uh, <laughs> the panda's I'm, too gay even for you. <laughs> it's a little much. Yeah. Like, come <laughs> on. This is, a, this is a killing game. Right. Yeah. There's, there's you know, gay and then there's stereotype gay. And I, I need to... T- Toe that line, you know. I've got a rainbow on me. I I can't do too much, you know. (laughs) Um, No, I play a a warlock. I don't. Sick. (laughs) Uh, That's cool. I was a warlock too. I was a warlock and a mage, uh, both blood elf. I don't know why. It was a fun game. It was a fun game. Yeah. That game and RuneScape were like really big for me when I was younger. It's Mm -hmm. interesting how many people also played RuneScape or like these these nerdy games. Yu-Gi-Oh! Did you play Yu-Gi-Oh! cards? I didn't play Yu-Gi-Oh! I had Pokemon. Nice. I'm jealous. I wish I was a Pokemon kid. <laughs> but none of my friends had Pokemon, so I was like cornered into to Yu-Gi-Oh. And yeah. like, do would you remember going to like stores like Fred Meyer's and you'd see like the cards and you'd be like, Mom, shut up, I'm getting yeah. one. I'm gonna get like a little booster pack. I'd never get anything out of it. I have a literal specific memory of <laughs> grabbing like a stack of them in my hand and uh, putting them in my cart. Yeah. And my mom saying, No, you can't yeah. do that. And then she starts pulling them out and I'm just like fighting with her and we're at the checkout stand and I'm screaming and I'm a kid That's you know hilarious. and so this poor woman she I feel so bad for I her know. I apologize so many times when I grew up you know here's uh, the thing when I'm a kid when I'm a parent I'm gonna do the, like if my kid has the thing like they want a deck of that I'm gonna be like oh like I don't know how to do it like should it be sporadic like no you just can't get one every time mm-hmm. like nothing 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 and then randomly surprise them with like 10 or something <laughs> or like I don't know like I want to be the most chaotic parent, yeah, chaotic parent. <laughs> I'll be now you're thinking about that I'm gonna be super super level yes yeah, so you can get one deck every time yeah god it's gonna be expensive to be a parent <laughs> yes it's yeah. gonna be crazy yeah so have you been gay your whole life or did you come out at a certain age I am curious because I mean, I've never had a gay person on the show. If, uh, you're, if you're okay talking about it, yeah, no, I, and see, we get to check the box, you know. So um. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, no, I'm happy to help. Um, no, I mean, so it's it's kind of a fun argument. This is a hot button topic. Um, I've been gay my whole life. It's it's you know I can't change it. Like brown the hair, public, brown eyes. Yeah, publicly, publicly, I came out in seventh grade, which is oh, super young. Good for you. Mm-hmm. I remember having a specific moment of having a crush on Scott who was playing basketball and looking at my friend and I looked over and I was like, I think I'm weird. You know, and it's like, yeah, surprise, yeah, I'm gay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting. So I, I was going to say, like, if you came out like, as, like, whatever age or, like, you maybe, like, you just saw Ryan Gosling at a certain date and you're like, ooh, maybe I'm 25 now and I'm gay. Mm-hmm. I was like, what well, is life different being not gay and gay? But you wouldn't know because you've yeah. always been I have gay. no idea. Yeah, it wasn't Ryan Gosling. It was Scott playing basketball. Like, it it's, it's Scott playing <laughs> basketball. Can't tell you his last name. Can't tell you where he went. But Scott <laughs> playing basketball. He's listening. I'm so good looking. I turned a <laughs> seven-year-old gay. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really – because I actually had a lot of my elementary school um, – people like that I went to school with on the show. It's mm-hmm. crazy interesting seeing where people are now. Right. Everyone changes and everyone changes. It's wild to see where people go. I mean, it is. it's yeah. beautiful though. Yeah. I don't know. I it's, never thought years ago that I'd be in politics, but here we are. Props for you. Yeah. Honestly, you and do you know Thomas Hira? I do. So he's running for, I, I don't know if he, I think he's kind of come to a conclusion. He's like, he's at least setting the framework for hopefully winning in the future. I've got faith. I like the person, mm-hmm. you know, um, even though again, we have radically different views. I think it's beautiful to talk with people who have radically different views. And I respect you for not like trying to pigeonhole me. He always <laughs> says it like, oh, I have a lot to teach you, Tiger. Or like, like, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, or we can just discuss it. You're not yeah. automatically right. A lot of See, people. that's boring. Yeah. yeah. A lot of, especially Wokesters, I don't know if that's a derogatory term yet. I don't know yet. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm, sure. I'm going to make the yet. call right now. It's February 12th, 2020. <laughs> Within the next 10 years, the word dumb and idiot will also be derogatory. The same way retarded is now derogatory. Interesting. Because hmm. eventually people will be like, well, you can't do anything to raise your IQ. It's kind of innate to a certain extent or how you were raised. If your mom drank when you were in the womb, you couldn't affect that. Now you're dumb. Like, I think it'll be derogatory because it's in some manners or like what if you're a poor family so you couldn't go to a good school you're dumb it's not something you chose Hmm. you don't choose how smart you are everyone would choose to be smart i'm guessing it'll be derogatory to call people an idiot and dumb and moron yeah i'm not i'm not sure not that that's a bad thing it's interesting yeah it's an interesting thing interesting theory yeah so so february 12th you've put you've put your mark on it yeah it's if it happens then by february 12th of 2030 okay yeah. Hopefully we're all still here. Kicking. Yeah. <laughs> Climate change is a scary thing for all we know. Climate change is coming and uh, we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. No, but we have some time. But that said, yeah. okay. <laughs> I went to a sunrise meeting. Have you gone to them? You seem like a sunrise person. Yeah. Motivated I, uh, I actually just sent in my application for their endorsement. So yeah. Sick. Mm-hmm. I hope you get it. Yeah. I asked Albert Lee if he got endorsed by them and he said he hadn't been. I hope they do endorse you for what it's worth. But I went there and the things they were doing, instead of like clapping, they'd like go up sparkles and down sparkles with like their Mm -hmm. fingers. And I'm like, ah, you're coupling far left agenda with climate change. So then if you're a centrist or a right person, you're like, oh, a lot of the things they say I don't agree with. Like, I don't think we're on stolen um, Indian land and I don't want to say my pronouns. Hmm. Should I also not believe in climate change? Like, I think they should have a strong decoupling from left agenda and climate change it should be like this is a climate change thing we accept all people hmm. i don't know i could be wrong with that but that's my I mean, take there on are it. spaces for for more conservative like socially conservative folks that still believe in climate change like there there are those those spaces and there are those groups and sunrise is youth-led and this is how the group is transforming and and i mean yeah. I've, uh, you know, I talked about it a little bit before, but I've, I've founded a couple nonprofits and we always kind of see how groups change over time because of who's in leadership. And so, um, I mean, if that's the way it goes, that's the way it goes. And so, you know, and, and I mean, I've had this conversation a lot with a lot more like conservative folks about like the up sparkles and down sparkles and the, you know, all that. And it's like, really, does it really bother you? Like, is this the hill to die on? You know, you know, is, is this the climate change hill that will erode and will burn to death? Is That's this the hilarious? One? Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> hills I have to die on. I have a few. Mm-hmm. I have way too many. I mean, I've had done like, this is something close to my 80th show. I've obviously said a bunch of ignorant shit. Um, I'm, if you're a podcast, like if you're doing podcasts, I think you have to have a couple hills. You do. Yeah. yeah. You um, can't just be neutral. No, you can't. You got to be fun with it. But I think a lot of people, as soon as I'm like, I don't hate Trump. A lot of people tuned off that, mm. that episode where I'm like, I like Bernie, I like Trump, and I like AOC. Mm. I like them all. They're all great. The only people I don't like are the ingenuines like Kamala Harris. And, you know, like just the ones there where it's like you just seem very ingenuine. Mm. Like you got to hand it to him as evil and bad or whatever he is. Trump is pretty genuine. He's genuine in just wanting to make money for those close to him. Yeah. and, and But he's genuine in it. Yeah. <laughs> he's not like this lying, conniving thing. Like he's very open with his motives. <laughs> 
Yeah, which is really unfortunate. So he's like a jihadist where I'm like, you know what? I like you and I can respect you. <laughs> you're, you're doing what you think is right, which you've been trained for 40 years that by your dad or whoever. It's like, all right, making money for your fa- friends and close family is, is success. And you do it. You know, I'm like, okay, how am I going to blame someone like that? I don't want him necessarily in power, but I think he's putting an ugly face on the things that all presidents have done. So now he's going to, now Bernie's going to get in there. I love yeah, see, Bernie. Yeah, that, that was going to be my point too, is that, yeah. you know, it's really mired a lot of, a lot of stuff. You it know, has. everything that moving forward and, and, we're going to see, I think the issue is we're going to see the effects of Trump long after he's gone. I bet um, he'll have be a net positive on the world. I'm calling it. Hmm. I think he's uh, probably a net net. Here's the thing. I like well, some of the stuff he does, but what he's doing to Americans, like inner, like domestically in terms of like the EPA restrictions and just dicking over anyone who isn't a millionaire, those are bad things. But like some of the stuff he does, I'm like, it's whatever. But I think Bernie wouldn't win if Trump hadn't won. I think there'd be a conservative Republican who win. I can't even list one. Um, and then I think a, res- a conservative um, Democrat would win. I think it'd keep going back. But I do think we need to have a push. We just need to develop some strong social welfare systems. So you're saying like we hit the pendulum on one side yes. and now we're going to the other yes. side. Yes. Yeah. And I okay. think you need to hit the pendulum. Like, I don't know. Trump just broke the, the simulation for how he swung the pendulum that far. But yeah. You know, it's, it it's a pretty far pendulum and yeah. I hope we can come back from it. So, so I'm curious what you'd say, because I you said the terminology. I'm socially conservative, but I'm liberal, uh, but I'm financially democratic, liberal. Oh, man, what is it? Yeah. So socially conservative. You got that down. Um, I would say, yeah, li- liberally. Liber- but I'm not yeah. liberal. I don't believe. In yeah. Economically li- liberal. Yeah. I would say like, you no, know. but I'm not liberal. I do believe in bigger government. Hmm. Liberal means little government. Liberal means government has less control. Like liberal, you're like, you know, you're a libertarian. You believe the government shouldn't have a Not lot so of... Not so much. Yeah. No, liberal is, is you know, Democrat. It's, it's more... Okay. Liberal yeah. and libertarian aren't the same thing. No, libertarian is much different. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I thought they were the same L- thing. Libertarian... Like, people are using this way wrong. Libertarians really hate taxes. So, yeah. yeah. And so I thought, like, okay. But anyways, so as my, on, <laughs> on the show, as a complete joke, I've been calling myself an alt-right libtard. Because I'm, I'm what the opposite would call each side. If you're like socially conservative, a lot of people call you all right. Mm-hmm. And then if you're going to vote for Bernie, people call you a libtard. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just accept both of those terms. Yeah. People hate it, but it's fun. It's interesting. Um, so what would you tell a social conservative that's like the ultimate like wake up call? Because I, I, I assume people who listen are. And I'm open to changing. It's just from my perspective, it's like this interesting thing where I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I'm like, I don't want my kids to get like a piece of paper when they're six sexualizing them like hey what's your gender what's your sexuality what's your all these different things it's like let them be a six-year-old they shouldn't you shouldn't be sexualizing little kids which is unfortunately happening today i'm not saying that's everyone in the socially left category but it is occasionally happening now but you know i mean if you're looking to so it's it's i think that there's a difference between sexualizing children and asking a child what their gender is and what we're seeing on, on the other end too, you know, I've, I've seen so many pictures and so many people that dress up their kids in wedding gowns and, and doing that. And they take really cute pictures with them getting married or them kissing. And I mean, that's sexualizing kids too. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's, it's, you know, looking at what you think is comfortable, but also, you know, looking past your fence, looking, mm-hmm. looking beyond what your life looks like. Yeah, um, that's a good point. But here, Here's what I mean. Like there was a, there's some person who like went to a school and he was like, I was, I knew I was, um, I was trans at two. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I doubt that. I doubt any two year old is making this conscious decision. Like I'm going to cross dress. I bet the parent dressed them up and then gave them a lot of praise. And then like any kid who wants to be loved and have attention, if your parents don't give you a lot of attention, suddenly you wear a lipstick and your parents like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's, that's going to encourage it more and more. So I think people are just like, what about those folks though? That like where they're, you know, they come out as trans and their family were not okay with it. That's not okay either. I think some people are genuinely trans. Like, like at their core, I think their parents could even be against it. And then the people could just be like, like, no, like just crying. Like I am like, that should totally be it. I think, but it is occasionally happening where like people, like it's almost like a fad to be trans now Hmm. is the way I see it. I'm like, whoa, this is like a lot of encouragement. Like Society is yeah. telling you it's cool to be gay and trans these days, I, I which mean, is if fine. You, if you, if, I mean, if you look back in history too, like it's it's been there. There's oh, been yeah. there's been people that cross dress. There's been you know people that transition, people that are non-binary. It's it's been there forever. Jonathan yeah, um, was just there said guys used to fuck all the time mm-hmm. instead of fucking women because they were just for procreation. I mean, look at Roman history. There you yeah. go. That's they the fun one. Little, little boys. Mm, yeah. Or, no, Greek, Greek, Greek. Yeah, that's the Greeks. Yeah, those fuckers. Yeah, it's not great. That's um, so interesting. Someone just tried. Um, a really good friend of mine. He tried to tell me that um, there's 
oh shit, not subjective, there's objective morality. I'm like, wouldn't that be impossible to have objective morality? Because their objective morality is that it's fine to fuck a 12-year-old boy. Whereas, mm. sub, there's sub, isn't there only subjective morality? And like in t- 10 years, it'll be, or in 100 years, it'll be like, yeah, factory farming's bad. Hmm. Um, eating palm oil is bad because it's killing, you know, like, I, th- I mean, there's, there's societal morality and yeah, it really, you but know, it changes constantly. It does. But you know, it's, it's also, you know, what you truly believe in your, your heart of hearts, but also how things change, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think, and I mean, if you have a lot of conservative viewers, this is going to be, you know, fun, but looking at, um, the Bible and, you know, there's a lot of lessons that are there that are really true. And they, they talk about loving your neighbor and, and really being, being genuine and honest. And then there's things that really don't apply anymore like you know don't um eat shelf well no take that back um but um, well, that's, that's jewish right yeah that is yeah yeah well, it, um, it, it but did it makes sense I mean, when you know, it was made it was like oh don't get um you know sick from whatever. exactly yeah. because people were getting sick you know um don't cross your your cloth um yeah. and the reason was don't because get tattoos don't get tattoos Ironically, because people could get people really get t- really sick you know yeah. and um uh, i think the one about homosexuality too because it's been mentioned like three times so there's that. Also, I'm Wait, running for... we've mentioned it or what? Uh, in the Bible. Oh, okay, okay. I'm running for city council, by the yeah. way. So, you know, this is now my, my hot take. But, um, you know, at the time, too, there were towns where, like, there was, like, 15 people, 20 people. So, you know, encouraging or having that in the town is, you know, the town will go down. So... I say that all the time. That's why gay, they, all religions, they're like, we're going to at least war with another religion. Mm-hmm. We want all hands on deck in terms of baby making. Mm-hmm. That's no longer relevant. Let people be gay. But I'm like, I understand why they were against it back then. But it's the people who genuinely believe like, no, God is real. And he doesn't like that. They're doing what they think is right. You just, how do you shake someone of something, of a core belief, such as radical Christianity or Muslim or whatever it is? Things change. And that's really, that's the unfortunate thing. And whether or not you like it, it's, it's things are going to change and things are different. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, whether you're talking about what Eugene looked like back in the twenties or whether you're talking about, you know, historical sense or what families look like now or how people should dress, things just, things change. Mm -hmm. And, and you are either with it or against it. And you know, there's some things that change that aren't good. And there's some things that change that are good. And, and you have to make that decision. Yeah. Um, but, you know, also make that decision and make that opinion when, you know, with not just your life or your kids in mind, but your neighbor's kids and your neighbor in mind. Yeah, and I that's, agree. that's the that's the really important thing is is looking at looking beyond your fence. Mm-hmm. So I have a really hard question for you to answer because like if I were to ask Macaulay Culkin, oh these were easy ones, so okay, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to ask like you know like Macaulay Culkin, like oh what was it like to uh, grow up rich? You can't answer because you've never had a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like what is it to be gay? Like do you see women or are you like they're obnoxious and you wouldn't want to like live with one or is it literally just like a pure sexual attraction? There's just toward men, not women? Or like, like, would you ever date a woman? Can you be gay and attracted to women? Yeah, of course. Oh, nice. I mean, so, and... Because and they're beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Sure. You know, or they're great, or there's personality. Yes, or, 100%, you know, 100%, 100%, 100%. You. I, you know, I, I, I really identify as gay, and I think that that's where I land, because that's what I'm attracted to. But, you know, I... I think that it's it's pretty open. It's it's a word, you yeah. know, and, and what you your feelings is. All, you're you're exactly. not. I'm not saying you're like a placeholder for all gay yeah. people, but it's interesting to ask people specific opinions. Mm-hmm. Like for you personally, like like I don't know, like like because I wouldn't be gay because I'm like I would hate to live with a man. Anytime I've had a roommate who's male, we fight all the time, hmm. and we're not even fucking, you know. Hmm. So it's like, oh my god, imagine throwing that in there. But like, like being around women a lot, I'm like, oh, it's it's really smooth. Like it's a lot of yin and yang. Yeah. So yeah. just, and I mean, I've lived with men and women and, you know. Do you get along with one better than the other? No, not so much. Whoever does the dishes. <gasps> yeah. Whichever roommate does the dishes, whatever gender they are, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, no, and, you know, there's no, like, hatred towards women or finding them obnoxious or, you know, you look down the street and you're like, no, there's none of that. Yeah. Um, it's just what I'm interested in, what, like you know. It. How common do you think it is that people, like, turn straight people gay? Because I was at college... And a really close friend of mine had a, like a gay friend who would purposefully like get people drunk and be like, Oh, come on, you want to try it? And they'd like, it would almost be like a game to try to get straight people to do gay things. I'm like, that's really interesting. Like what percent of the gay community? That's really predatory. That's, (laughs) that's kind of taking advantage of folks. I don't know how drunk they got. But then again, like if someone's going to get drunk and have gay sex, they probably wanted to have gay sex. Mm, 
Like I'm so, not saying they so hold yeah, it don't, down. So yeah, don't sleep with drunk people. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah no, just just leave it. Yeah, unless you know, you're your partner. Con- unless you're consent like, is fun. Consent Everyone is likes fun. consent. Um, I I it's not been an experience that I've had, and okay. I'm, you know trying to convert people because it's boring. And uh, I mean, what happens to your friendship if there is one when yeah. you know if someone says no or someone says I'm not interested? Oh or, my or gosh! Whatever. Since like, you've been for seven years, I assume you never had a place where like friends would be like, I can't hang out with you. What if you're hitting on me? I have. You very, have very much. But so. they met you when you were gay. Yep. Surprise. What? Yeah. It's, I'm, it is what it is. And it's, were you hitting on them? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. A couple of them, but you know, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's, it sucks, but that's, that's their beef. That's what they got to deal with. Beef. That's not my, that's nothing I can control. So mm-hmm. whatever. Speaking of beef, what are you, what's it going to be like being one of the youngest people in the city council? I assume it's a bunch of fogies. So that's another thing. Aside from religion, it's going to be a change of age. That's mm-hmm. a big thing. Yeah. So our, uh, I mean, the average age of Eugene is about 33 years old. Oh, um, cool. And the average age of our city council is about 63 years old. So wow. there's a huge age difference. And that's an interesting way to put it. And there's, there's a lot of younger perspectives, a lot of young voices that aren't heard or listened to. Or, I mean, the experiences that I have and, you know, the experiences that, shape my life are completely wildly different than what's being represented right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying that all you should, should take over the city council, but not having that voice is, is yeah. it's very clearly missing. Are you a big Greta fan then? Speaking of like just younger voices. Yep. Yeah. I think that she's, I mean, she's done amazing work across the nation and, or excuse me, across the world. Uh, and I mean, she's a young kid who's bringing her voice to the table and it, that's awesome. That's really cool. And, it's scary too to 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 put yourself in that. Hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I mean, like just the fact that I, I hope her parents or she just doesn't look at the internet because mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad. things Oh, she out super there. does because she she, changes, does? she changes her bio on like whenever Trump tweets about her. Oh really? And then she just changes it to to whatever that is. So oh, you know, there's there's that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know it's really interesting. I'm like, is she more conscious and cognizant than most people at that age? Because how old is she? Twelve? Fourteen? 16. I forget, honestly. Whatever um, age she is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wasn't con. I wouldn't be like, I'm going to proactively do all this stuff. Like, which really makes it seem like there is some money or some people having her do this. Mm. And then it's like, you got to admit, it's the perfect centerpiece to have a young girl who's autistic do something. Because then you can't ever, uh, like, not, attack her. I'm not her sure about like, her. I'm not sure if she has autism. I'm not sure. She does. I'm pretty sure it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on her Twitter. Interesting. I'll look um, it up right now. But, I mean, even beyond that too, I, I really don't believe in you know, some dark secrets and dark no. money. And it's, it, uh, that's not something that I, I believe in at all. I think that it's, it's passion. That's what it is. Look at her Twitter, but I wasn't just calling a young girl autistic or Asperger's. She has Asperger's. Asperger's. Yeah. Very different than autistic. What? Yeah. yeah Asperger's. Isn't, autism. isn't it high functioning autism? Ooh. You know, I forget now. I had someone who's diagnosed with um, Asperger's, but they don't even—they don't even use Asperger's anymore. They call it high-functioning autism. I'm pretty sure. I could be so wrong with this. But yeah, I'm pretty I could be sure. too. You know what? I'm—I'm I'm gonna Google that. So cool. let's we let's delete that part. <laughs> no, I don't no. delete anything. From I know. Yeah. Show. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's just Tim goofing up because now I'm forgetting. Yeah, but you're gonna be like a young person on the city council. You're gonna mm-hmm. bring uh, a lot of new perspectives in terms of religion, sexuality, age. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of everything you got going on. When you win, will you come back on the show? Sure. Debate me some more about random stuff. It's yeah. fun talking with someone who's different but also open-minded. Like, mm-hmm. I, like even though I am not 100% with you, like I, I at least like to give people the platform to debate me. And then listeners can be like, well, I still listen to him or I still choose whoever. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I mean, too, like your, your listeners are definitely different people that probably haven't heard of a voice like this. And they so, uh, I mean, I think that that's, that's really the big message that I think both people really want to, you know, both sides of every argument want to hear is, you know, having to be able to hear the other side. And, yeah. so, and that's what so. we're specifically not getting enough of today, especially mm-hmm. classically. I think liberal people are kind of shutting down that conversation in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And you... I see it from like conservatives are, oh, uh, yeah. that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's it. very, it's very frustrating sometimes to, especially, um, you know, I, I have a lot of family members and a lot of friends that are, are Trump or bust. And, you know, the second you say Trump or bust. Yeah. Funny. I was, mm-hmm. I, well, at one point I was Bernie or bust. Bernie or bust. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of this folks. There's a lot of or busts yeah. going on. So is bust, is Trump or bust either they're running for Trump or no Republican or like a Democrat? It's, it's no one else. Oh. And that's it. It is so Trump or blank. I was and, Bernie or Trump. Mm-hmm. If Bernie didn't, when I was going to win Trump's just to make that pendulum swing a yeah, little you're, bit you're, further, you're the pendulum <laughs> swing yeah. all the way back gotcha, to Bernie. Yeah. He wouldn't have been in whoever the next gen Bernie is, the mm. our president kind of person. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's so, uh, there's a lot of people too, like that are the, 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 
um, people who support Trump and the second you say anything that's different, um, they immediately jump on it and start attacking. And I mean, they shut down the conversation. And they so shut down the conversation. It's 100%. been, you know, it's, I, I think that if I can, if there's someone listening now that is like having a, a coming to Jesus moment or coming to, you know, whatever moment. Coming to Tim. Coming to Tim moment, you know, like just start, just start listening. And it's, it's a lot easier than talking. So, but listening can be also toxic. I did listening and I'm going to be very honest. Like I listened to Alex Jones and Molly Yiannopoulos. I'm like, wow, they make a lot of sense. Hmm. So I've swung very right for a while. And then I've swung back. I'm like, mm-hmm. those people, are, they're entertaining, but a lot of what they say is very, very, very toxic. Okay. Um, but then if you listen too far to the left, like I read this tweet out for Jonathan's, I had this person on my show. He's like a lecturer, speaker, activist. Um, I almost don't even want to have you read it because I don't want to be, like, be able to have you as a soundbite. But he's like, he considers himself even communist. He's like very far left. Back back in Facebook jail for another 30, 30 days. Um, violation, uh, semicolon, quote, white people are terrorists. Conduct yourself accordingly. Hmm. Anyway, white people are terrorists and whiteness is a psychosis. Have a pleasant day. And I'm like, people like that, I think, are doing... S- wrong for their side. I think that's creating Trump supporters who are like, well, I don't agree with that. And you're far left. It's the biggest thing to just listen. Cause the more you listen, I think it all cancels to zero. That's why I'm a centrist. I'm like exactly in the middle. I think left and right have good and bad. Um, so I think, you know what, you're right. Listening enough. will just kind of put you somewhere yeah. in the middle to backtrack too. Yeah. listening with a critical mind. Yes. Yeah, being, being aware of what's going you on. You listen there. really well. You don't interrupt at all. A lot I of guests that. do. I interrupt like crazy. Sorry <laughs> about it, by the way. You're fine. No, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And we got, we're just at 54. Do you have anything super pressing or any calls to action or stories? Um, I mean, just based on experience, running for, running for office is super hard. So if there's anyone that's really considering it, you know, know your stuff and have really, really good self-care because yeah. it is it is a very, very lonely hill to stand on. Do you have a team behind you? Or? I do, yeah. My team is all um, all women and all people who are young. Would you not take me because I'm not a woman? Then you can no longer say they're all women. No, but it sort of just worked out that way. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, okay, it was cool. really great. You know, we, um, you know... Uh, the, the people that are behind me are, are amazing activists and amazing people. And, um, there's some amazing women that are, that are helping run this team and it's nice. great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the team I have. It's such a weird thing to have people like help you because it's like, then if you fail, it's like, oh, those people like quote unquote wasted their time. Like that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing that I have almost, if I have anxiety about anything in life, it's about wasting other people's time. And it's like, oh my God, I'd be heartbroken. So like control issues. Yeah. Interesting. Wait, why did you say control issues? <laughs> I'm just, yeah. It's a, like that sort of leads into, you know, not wanting to waste people's times because like I know, don't want to control other people's lives. In no, way. I mean like, you know, so you don't want to waste people's times because you can do it the best. Is that kind of where oh, that no, leads no, no. to? Like, like, like if I was like, Hey, um, rally behind me, 10 people. Mm-hmm. And then they spend months of their life helping me out, posting on their social media. And then I lose. They wasted all that time. They could have been enjoying their own life. Like yeah, wasting see, time. You know, that's yeah. what I mean. Not like controlling. Like, I could gotcha, do it gotcha. okay, Like yeah. I literally can't do it. And I'm like, even with their help, I might not be able to. And then if I didn't, I would just feel so guilty for telling. Like, cause you have to lie to people. You have to lie. Like, Hey, we have a real chance at winning or something. Like if you're not going to win, like you do still have to, at some point, everyone kind of does some bravado to mm-hmm. some extent. Like, I yeah, think I, would, have, I would say not lying. I would say yeah, some, some yeah. embellishment, some, yeah. some embellishment. And then mm-hmm. if you lose it, for me, it'd be heartbreaking to tell the people I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, it is, but you know, it's, it's, and, and I've been part of a lot of losing campaigns and I've helped mm-hmm. a lot of candidates that lost and, and the ultimate thing when it boils down and especially too looking from it years down the road, it's, it's, you know, you believe in them or you Mm. believed in that and you believed in the message or the person or, or whatever was trying to fix or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, what's really important is, Mm. yeah, you might've wasted a little bit of time, but you know, you believed in them and and that's what, that's why you did it. I do think that's a lot better. Interesting. You bring up control really quick. Do you have, (laughs) uh, cause, cause someone just on my show, he had done MDMA with his girlfriend, his girlfriend's best friend and her boyfriend. And they all kind of like told him like, Hey, your biggest thing is you're controlling and it's affecting your relationship. I'm like, whoa, that'd be intense to hear. It's a lot, especially on MDMA. But it was like, it was like, like a, like a group therapy session thing. And I'm like, and it's funny because I went to couples therapy once. I thought it was counseling Mm because we have a dispute about a dog. And I was like, I want a third party to make the decision for us. Mm -hmm. And ended up being a person. And when he's like, tell me about your childhood. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you about my childhood. We're, (laughs) We're here for this very specific future thing. And he's like, do you feel the tent, the power tension here? Do you always need control? I'm like, everyone feels a lot better when they're in control of their own body Mm -hmm. to the point where I think I'm not a good singer because 
I like controlling myself. I don't know. But I don't like controlling other people in any way. Ooh, I'm interested. I mean, so, that, yeah, that was so, the exact way of like, I don't want people to work on my campaign. I don't want to control any aspect of anyone else's life. Yeah. But I want to control my own to a very good degree, you know? But I, I mean, yeah. So I'm, I'm really open with communication with my team. So it's like, nice. I, I really right from the beginning, I was like, let me know when I'm pushing too much or when mm. I cross a line. Cause that's, I need you to communicate that with me. And so I am somewhat controlling and I like to do things because mm. I'm the best at doing it, oh, you know? So, so you were thinking about yourself. You <laughs> I, I very much was. I was trying to empathize <laughs> with you a bit there. That's <laughs> like, clearly, hilarious. Again, I said as a candidate, you're on a lonely hill there. Yeah. So I'm alone in this one too. So <laughs> how could anyone listening who's fallen in love with your voice and your persona uh, call of action. How could they help? Do you have a website? I do. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we have a phone number and, uh, which is five, four, one, three, five, seven, seven, three, three, one. And they can text and, it. And, and that's your personal phone number. It's my personal number. Um, and they can, uh, check out our website at friends of Tim I'll put the link and your phone number in the description. Cool. I love it a lot. Thank you for being on the show. I actually really, really enjoyed speaking with them. Yeah, glad thanks for having this me. This happened. I think you friended me, and then I'm like, I'll reach out to them, see if, see what they're up to in life. Yeah. I, I'm 100% supportive of your campaign. Do you have any events? Any um, things that people can do? Yeah, every Saturday at 12 o'clock. So this is a secret. This is now about to start coming out. So um, every Saturday at 12 o'clock, we're going to be uh, launching uh, canvas shifts, door knocking. Oh, so cool. if you want to come and, and support the campaign really physically, like because yeah. a lot of people just can't donate. No one has, not exactly. a lot of people have money. Yeah, that's how I. I, I support campaigns is I can't give money because I'm kind of broke, but yeah. I can but knock some time. doors. Cool. So if you want to help Tim win, go canvas, go knock on some doors and meet people. I actually want to, I applied for a job with the census. I wanted to do that. Like, oh, shit, yeah. you get paid Good $18 money. an yeah, hour yeah. and just get to meet people. I'm like, how many of them could I get to have come on the show? Mm -hmm. So it was a blast. Thank you very much for your time. I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful day.